In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, if you're listening to the radio, good afternoon. And if you're listening on the computer, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Uh, My name is Julian Gibb, and you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. The Kingdom and Its Stories is, is about how God is calling you to go out and live your faith to those around you, whether it's the other side of the world or whether it's next door. We've all been called and we've all been empowered to go and love others. Sometimes, like myself, I become uh, frightened. I think, oh, there's nothing that I can do. You know, there's these spiritual superheroes around the world. Let's let them do it, and I'll just sort of be their cheerleader behind. But unfortunately, apparently, that's not allowed. (laughs) Jesus doesn't permit that. He calls us to all go out to do our part, to love our neighbor, even to love our enemy. So today we're blessed. Why are we blessed? Because we have Emma. Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Emma, you are not in sunny Phoenix. You're in, uh, where are you? I'm in Uganda. Uganda. Oh, wonderful. And that's uh, Central, Central East, West, Eastern Africa, is that correct? Uh, it's, uh, it's East Africa, yeah. East Africa, okay. So now uh, I can tell from your accent, uh, you're, you're uh, American, is this correct? Yes, it is. And so, yes. so, so why are you in Uganda? Um, I'm in Uganda caring for the most precious gems here that are uh, special needs children here in Uganda. Wow. So, so how, how, how did this start? Does this, um, t- tell me about the journey from how you, uh, well, first of all, moved from the U.S. to, to Africa. And then uh, how you uh, got involved, how you indeed started up this uh, foundation to look after uh, children the other side of the world? Uh, It started a long time ago when I was a little girl around six. I really felt the call to Africa and to serve in missions. And I began praying uh, that God would provide a way for me to go and care for the orphans. And um, I prayed that for a really long time until God finally brought the opportunity around for me to uh, finally come to Uganda. I was 14. It was 2008. And uh, I was able, uh, an opportunity came along for me to come on a short-term missions trip with my dad. And I know when I came to Uganda on that trip, I landed in Uganda and I was like, I'm home. And I remember, I know I looked at my dad and my dad was like, oh, really? Like, you (laughs) Uh know, (laughs) home already? And uh, my heart was just fear. And for, for many trips, I continued coming to Uganda. And when I would serve, I would volunteer at an orphanage where they would have um, babies who had been abandoned. And at one of the homes, uh, there was a little one with special needs who had been abandoned. And because of the stigma here in Uganda and many parts of the world, a child born with special needs is considered a curse. They're considered unwanted and unloved. And because of that, they're often abandoned because of that stigma. So, so wow, there's a, there's a lot, lot of wonderful things to unpack there. So, so, so did you say you were a small girl and then God pinned it on your heart that you were going to go and live in Africa looking after orphan children. Is that, is that what you said? 
Yes, I was just six when I first felt like that's what God was calling me to do. <laughs> oh man, yes, I can I can understand you. You know, being a father to two girls myself, you know, it's like, Daddy, I'm going to move to the other side of the world, and uh, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so you you've moved uh, over there. This this is wonderful news, and so. Uh, how did God prepare you for this? You know, you don't, you don't, you're not one minute six. I mean, you know, when, when you're six year old, you, it could be said that you come up with lots of ideas. You know, I'm going to be mm-hmm. Superman or I'm going to be this or that. But, okay. but, but you, you turned about to be a bit of a superhero yourself. You, you won't say that, but I will. So um, what, what were the steps that took from you being a six year old in Phoenix, Arizona to uh, caring for, um, for children around the world? What were the steps involved? Uh, you know, growing up, uh, God just continued to lay special needs on my heart. When I was a little girl, my uncle had special needs. So I grew up around my uncle and really had a, he had a special place in my heart. And over time, my parents ended up adopting um, with children with special needs who are my brothers and sisters today. And so seeing that really impacted my heart. And I really felt um, a love for kids with special needs and even adults with special needs. And I don't know, like the steadfastness of why my heart was so set on Uganda. I don't, I began to say Uganda when I was around eight Mm -hmm. and I'm not even sure when or where Uganda was at the time, but I really just felt like that's what God was calling me to do. And I had read different missions biographies and things and really felt like that God had called me and I needed to go. Um, A lot like Jonah in the Bible and where you read about Jonah and his disobedience. I really felt like, no, God has called me to go. Then I need to go. And um, yeah. So the special needs just really, God burdened my heart for kids with special needs over and over again, where I really began to feel like that's what he was calling me to do. And so, so you had uh, <clears throat> God's call and, and clearly God's backing. God doesn't call us to do uh, things that, that we can't do. He, he provides us with the, mm-hmm. the need and the motivation and the, the gifts, the abilities. But um, I, I mean, I, I can see in your eyes, you're full of fire. You know, you're, you're, full, of, you're full of life. And part of that, no doubt, is youth. But uh, also, you know, you, you, I, I can see that you feel that you're called to do what you were created to do. Am I putting words into your mouth? No. Okay. And so, so e- e- even though you've been called, even though you're gifted in certain ways to do a certain thing, uh, God's behind you. You know, is, is it a walk in the park? Is it, is, it, is it easy for you to do this? I wouldn't say it's always easy, but God, God always equips the called. And when he's called you, he is faithful to to bring those people alongside you who will support you and be with you and, um, and walk the journey with you. You know, um, I'm, I'm no one special, but God is using me. And I think that that's just from being obedient to his call. Um, but oh, man. It, I really can't take credit for everything. Like it really has been, God has been so faithful every step of the way. Well, just think, just think if, if it was just down to us, you know, if it was just down to you, you know, or, or me or, or and your husband, um, Josh, I believe, you know, so if it was, we, we, we would crack really, wouldn't we? Cause you know, the, the needs are so great, you know, uh, so, uh, so praise God, <laughs> but, um, so to tell us a little bit about the foundation. So, so you, you were six, you tell Papa and Mama, you're moving to the other side of the world. Uh, and then at some point, when did, uh, when did this project actually come into being? When did you actually go permanently to, uh, Uganda. And then when you got there, what did you do? Well, I, I first got, I graduated high school and then I worked for a year just to raise money and to be able to finally be able to move here. So at 19, I 
boarded a flight eight years ago and I moved to Uganda and I it's been home since then. And so 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 what um I obviously know what you've been doing. I've looked at your website, I've been speaking to your parents and things, but but tell those listening, uh what is it that you do in Uganda? Tell us about the foundation. Uh, okay. Uh the what we do in Uganda is we care for abandoned children with special needs. So we run a home that cares for 48 special needs children who have been abandoned or neglected and they've come into our home for care and emergency protection. And um, so we, when it's possible, we rescue little ones who've been abandoned and bring them into our home. Um, sometimes they're in our home for a short season where we're doing rehabilitation and counseling and we're able to locate a relative where we can successfully reunite that child with a relative. Um, but often when our kids are abandoned, we're unable to locate any relative so we would just continue caring for them we would love them we would give them the the nutrition support they would need the medical care the education the therapy and we'd see our little ones grow and thrive we've had um more than 70 kids come through our home now and currently we're caring for 48 so 70 70 children um you know i i have two and uh they are wonderful uh, a blessing from god but i'm exhausted um you know, it, it's uh, uh, helping raising uh, children is, uh, is is a gift, but it's it's an exhausting gift. Um, how how do you do it for for seventy? And you know, and these and these precious children, these gems that that you have, uh, they have special needs, and um, you know, so you probably the labor uh, involvement is higher on your side. How how on earth do you how on earth do you do this? Well, I definitely don't do it alone. We have an amazing team of staff of over 70 Ugandan staff who are employed um, full time by the by the Gem Foundation. And they work tirelessly behind the scenes to care for our kids from um, physical therapists, to occupational therapists, cooks, security guards. Na- we call them nannies who care for the children. Um, so they, we have nannies who take care of the kids, um, female and male staff. Um, yeah, it just it's a whole team of people that work together to do what we do because caring for a special needs child is hard work and doing it day in and day out can be exhausting, but we have an amazing team of staff behind us who are working with us. So it's a team a team project. Yes, it definitely is. <laughs> and so how I mean but how that 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 that's really encouraging. You know, you you're not you're not meant to do it alone. I guess, you know, going to scripture, we're all we're all one part of a body, all doing the bit that God's called mm-hmm. us to do, to work together, to serve God, to mm-hmm. love others. So that, that, that's encouraging. You know, we, we don't have to all do it just by ourselves. But, I mean, uh, uh, you still you had to organize all of that, you know. And so what were you, um, uh, 19 years old, yay, you know. But, uh, I mean, how, how, where do you start? You know, I mean, it's like, how, what did you do, just go over and then did, did, did the project just evolve over time? I mean, did you have a master plan? You know, what, what, how, how did this work out? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we had a master plan. We really just had, like, I had the vision for the Gem Foundation, what it is today. But through the trips of coming to Uganda when I first came, beginning in 2008, and then coming up to 2013, like I took many trips between their coming and we're able to develop relationships with some amazing Ugandans who later on would become our board members who would help us with the paperwork process and like all of those little details. There's so many details when it comes to opening an international NGO mm. and registering. We became a licensed children's home. So all of those things like 
were huge, but really it all happened because of the friendships and the relationships we put, um, we put effort to into the beginning. And I mean, it wasn't even the intention of like, that's what was going to happen. It's just God really orchestrated it. And it was, um, we have an amazing um, Ugandan board who is a part of um, running the ministry. And then, um, yeah, beginning the process to be able to open. And then little by little, I'd say like we began finding out like, okay, how do we hire an employee? How do we, what does that look like? What are the labor laws? What does that look like to hire people in Uganda? Um, yeah, it was a, it was baby steps, a lot of baby steps to be where we are today. Well, that, that's encouraging, you know, because uh, sometimes we can get paralyzed. You know, we, we see a need, uh, but it looks too complex, you know, and it's sort of like, oh, you know, suddenly mm-hmm. I have to you know, have it in our mind that we have to go out and start a world vision by ourselves within a week, you know, and it's kind of like, no, just mm-hmm. just start, you know, would you would you say that was fair? You know, just once you feel that there's a call from the Lord and that it's his will and he's mm-hmm. behind you, just just plan, mm-hmm. but pray, plan, mm-hmm. but just start. Mm-hmm. What, would you say that was mm-hmm. fair? Yeah, I would say that, yeah, take take the first step. If God's called you, then take the first step of faith and watch where he watch where he takes you and continue to listen to his direction and calling obviously in that as well. Amen. Now, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question and, uh, it's, it's not really me talking, but, uh, I want to ask, you know, why, why on earth, Emma, would you do this? So, you know, you're living in, uh, the United States of America, you know, which, um, uh, in, in many ways is, 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 one of the greatest nations on earth, you know, uh, uh, in regards to materialism and, and, uh, freedoms, um, you know, you can, uh, wh- why not just grab a backpack, you know, and uh, a couple of sandwiches, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, a drink and go to Uganda for a week, you know, see the sights, you know, uh, enjoy the culture, taste the food and then, you know, come back and, um, grab a movie, you know, why, uh, why on earth would you, use your life, go over to the other side of the world and look after other people's children, um, particularly those children who are absolutely precious and wonderful and made by God, uh, but those who have uh, uh, are going to be labor intensive. You know, it's going to be difficult, extremely rewarding. Don't get me wrong; I can't overemphasize that. But why on earth would you do that? Why not? Why not grab a backpack, you know, and... uh, and a sandwich, uh, explore the world, and then, and then just come home? I think, well, when God calls you, it, it's so powerful. And so when I really felt that that's what God was calling me to do, there's nothing else I'd rather do. And caring for our kids with special needs, like they need us. They need someone to be there, to rescue them, to to be there, to love them. Our kids with special needs who have been abandoned deserve to be loved. Like God has called, God loves me so much that he would die for me. And he's calling me to care for these kids. So how could I say no? You know, that's really what I felt like. And although it's hard to be away from family, sometimes it's hard to be across the world. I love what I do and I love caring for my kids. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, one one thing, this is just a Julian Gibb observation. So uh, everyone take that with a pinch of salt. But um, the people that I talk to, and this is including you, who are really doing what God has called them to do, have this sort of glow within their eyes and this, 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 this sort of fire in the belly, as it were. And uh, there's this sort of energy to them, like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And uh, uh, this is your opportunity to shoot me down and correct me. 
but uh, there's this sort of feeling of um, life isn't easy, but it's abundant. You know, I'm I'm living the life. Mm. You know, I could be uh, somewhere else around the world watching a movie. You know, in a mansion with nothing wrong with either of those. You know, and in fact, if you have a spare mansion, tell me about it. But you know, um, you know, but there's this real fire within you. Um, do do you have that abundance or is this just me looking at you the other side of the world what am i saying is it true is there those who follow the lord have that thing of yes this is what i'm meant to be doing and um uh, i i feel there's the peace you know life isn't easy but there's a peace within me and and my life mm-hmm. is abundant is that is that fair or is that sensationalism no, I would I would agree with that. I think that there's a peace in knowing that this is where God has you and where you're called to be. And yes, it's abundance. It's um, exciting to know that this is where that this is what God's called you to do, and you're doing it. So, we are listening to the Kingdom and its stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and uh, if you're just tuning in, we're blessed to have Emma, and Emma is from the Gem Foundation. And at the risk of uh, getting sacked, I'm going to give the web address. Well, I'm not being paid, so, you know, <laughs> let's go crazy. It's uh, thegemfoundation.com, thegemfoundation.com. So have a look on there. See the work that Emma and Josh, her husband, are doing there. But, Emma, back to you. Um, can you give us some examples of, um, you know, just uh, how you have seen God work in the lives of the children that um, that you're serving? Obviously, we're not after names or necessary specifics, mm-hmm. but uh, how, how have you seen God use you and the foundation in the lives of children or even, even their families? Uh, we've, we've seen God work in a lot of different ways, and I think I could easily talk for hours of, about Do. my kids and their Do. stories and where they've come from and what God has done. But <laughs> I'll just share a few. Um, we... Um, we went, we had a little girl come in and her name was Patience and she came in at seven years old and she was weighing only six pounds. And when she came in, she was malnourished. She was neglected. She had been, um, just left alone so much and locked up. And so when she came in, she was just skin and bones and, you know, she couldn't smile. Her cheeks were sunken. You didn't know if she would live, um, to see another day. And through the, the time being with us, she was able to see, many different doctors and to be able to be a part of a malnutrition program where she started putting on weight, mm. where she, you would have to feed her every few hours. And today, if you were to see her, her smile lights up the room and she knows you and to like smile for you if you know her name and just like seeing her transformation for where she was completely starving and neglected before to seeing her today is remarkable and a huge um, success to see how she knows love and she knows um, what it's like to be cared for. And although she can't thank you physically with words because she's unable to speak, but her, 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 her eyes tell a whole other story of how she's been redeemed and how she's been able to, to experience love. We've also had kids come into our home who have been with us for a short season where we've had kids get lost mm-hmm. over New Year's, New Year's season. Um, we have a very big culture of like everyone goes to church on New Year's Eve. And for this particular child, it was New Year's Eve and they were all going to church and she got separated from her mom. And so the separation, like just, it was a busy, lots of crowds, lots of people. And so for several days she was missing. Mm -hmm. And then when we heard about the case, we were told a little girl who's been abandoned and we received that we, they call and they ask, like, do you have space? We're like, we have space. So we went and our, our team of social workers went and got her. 
and brought her back home to us and started caring for her. And um, over the time, she was with us about a month and a half, two months before all of a sudden one day we were able to find out that we had found her mom. Uh. And it wasn't even like an abandonment case. It was that she'd been separated. And because of her special needs, she was unable to tell us like where she's from or where, you know, like where she's come from. So seeing the joy on that and just seeing how God brought restoration back to their family, it was really exciting and um, exciting to see them back together. And we continue following up on how they're doing. And it's been a huge success for us. Um, Yeah, we've had, different stories like that where it's been excited to see a child with special needs who maybe wasn't accepted by their community before. And now we've gone uh, silent. The link has been broken, but uh, I'm sure Emma will be back soon. This is, and so, uh, sorry, Emma, it, it froze for a second. So just, just to show that this is live mm-hmm. and that you are the other side of the world. So we got, you know, the, 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 uh, the young girl was separated, but now she was brought back and, uh, and also uh, accepted within her community, and mm-hmm. and so carry carry on. Sorry, we, it froze. So we've seen kids just be like accepted back into their community, and where before, because of the child's special needs, the, the community would be scared and afraid. But with counseling and and working with the community, we've seen kids go home back to their family to be accepted and loved, which has been a huge success for us. And we've seen other kids who come into our home who've been abandoned and with love and nutrition and medical care, we've seen little ones learn to walk who couldn't walk before. And, um, it's such a joy to see, to see healing take place. So Emma, what, what keeps you going? You know, um, the, uh, you know, there, there's clearly a joy of seeing, you know, a, a young child who's struggling and, and watching them thrive uh, you know, I, I know it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while. It takes a process. But what um, what keeps you going? You know, I mean, um, I, I guess I'm reflecting upon myself, you know, just how how quickly I get tired and, you know, li- life is full already. So 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 what keeps you going with 70 children? I know there's a team. I'm back now. Yes. Oh, OK. OK. Good. So uh, <laughs> I was just saying uh, that's fine. I was just saying, um, you know, uh, um, when I hear you speak, uh, you know, there's 70 children or, or, or around that era, 48 to 70 children. Um, how, how, do you, how do you physically and mentally keep, keep going? You know, I, I appreciate that you see uh, you're, not, you're not alone, you're in a team, but how, how, how do you keep going? I keep going just by, by well, oh, taking time, obviously, to just to also think through and pray and spend time journaling. I love to take time to journal and read my Bible. But I think just seeing the kids and knowing, like seeing their love and watching them grow and heal, it just keeps me going to know that there's another child who needs us and another child that, that with everyone we've, we've rescued or we've helped be, be able to heal, there's someone else who still needs us. And I feel like that helps me keep going mm. as well. Mm. How 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 has your mission, well, God's mission working through you, how has it changed you? How has it changed me? Mm. Yeah. It's it's changed me in many ways. I'm definitely different than the way I, when I first came to Uganda, it's taught me to, to rely more on faith and rely more. It's frozen again, but uh, we're just asking uh, Emma, when she, she's in Uganda. and. Uh, so, uh, Emma, you froze again. No problem at all. So the question was, you know, um, 
that how do you how has it your mission changed you and you said it's changed you you're not not the same person you were uh when you came to uganda and that um watching watching the children has has empowered you so so carry on from there mm-hmm. just watching the kids like seeing their them be transformed has really changed my life in in many different ways but also it's changed my life in ways of like learning to love every moment and appreciate every moment and even just a smile can mean the whole world you know i think that kids with special needs have such a different joy about them that they share with us and they they love life for just the normal moments when for me it may not be even something special but kids with special needs like share that joy and they share that love with you but god has definitely well, cha- just changed my life in that way well, oh man! Well, I'd I'd love to talk more, but we we've run out of time, and so it's the Gem Foundation. Uh, do do look it up, and uh, as with uh, Emma today, if God places something on your heart, go and do it. To all of you listening, may God bless you and keep you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on the Kingdom and its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.